Listening In With Permission by Catalyst for Payment Reform is a collection of 15 to 20-minute phone conversations on innovative healthcare purchasing between CPR staff and healthcare luminaries. CPR's mission is to catalyze employers, public purchasers, and others to implement strategies that produce higher-value healthcare and improve the functioning of the healthcare marketplace. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to Listening In on your favorite podcast platform and visit us at catalyze.org for more information about the benefits of CPR membership. Hi, this is Tim. Hello, this is Dane Slay calling from Catalyst from, for Payment Reform. How are you? Good, Dane. How are you today? Great. Thanks for having this conversation with us today. Before we get started, can you tell our audience about Cedargate Technologies and your role and background? Sure. I've spent my entire career spanning over 30 years at this point in healthcare, most of it in business development, sales capacity for various cost-saving solutions for payers to now, you know, for the last eight years or so, data and analytics. My role here at Cedargate Technologies is that of chief sales officer for self-funded markets. As far as what Cedargate does. The company's been around for about a decade. We provide an integrated end-to-end analytics and tech enablement software platform for virtually all stakeholders in the healthcare delivery chain. And our goal at Cedargate and our mission is really to help empower our clients to move from traditional fee-for-service payment models to fee-for-value risk-sharing models, what the industry commonly refers to as value-based care. I'll just take a minute and kind of break down into four key consumable areas that we focus on for our clients. Uh, The first is uh, back-end enterprise data management work. We provide the ability to aggregate, cleanse, scrub, and enrich uh, disparate sets of data uh, in such a way that our clients uh, can make sense of the data and analyze it. Um, Then the second thing we offer is a powerful analytics software application layer on top of that, you know, cleaned and enriched data lake to really assist our customers in baking, making better and more informed decisions. The third area that we focus on is we offer a suite of population health management software solutions that help our clients manage clinical decision support and treatment plans, coordinate care with clinical workflow applications that support, you know, traditional activities like you chronic condition management, case management, And then finally, the the fourth area that we focus on is that we offer payment technology software designed to administer and support alternative payment models, including a bundles claims adjudication engine, capitation claims adjudication engine for payment processing. And I guess the last thing I'll say is hard to believe, but we, we actually have approximately 50 million lives on our platform in one way, shape or form. And we work with some of the largest purchasers and providers of healthcare in the United States. Great. Thanks for that introduction. So, you know, it's no secret that self-funded employers are currently operating in a volatile environment when it comes to rising premiums and in turn, potentially cost shifting to employees. With that said, can you share your perspective on the current market dynamics and how it relates to challenges faced by self-funded employers? And also, how do you see this impacting their ability to manage costs effectively? Yeah, so we actually caught a break with lower year-over-year premium increases for the last couple of years uh, due to the pandemic. I I think the last year, the increase was around 3.5%, which wasn't bad. Last couple of years have really been manageable, but 
I read a projection recently that 2024 is expected to tick up to about five and a half percent. And overall, premiums are around 20% higher than they were in 2017, which was just, you know, six or seven years ago. And I think I read a statistic that they're over 40% higher than they were in 2012, a decade ago. So that's well ahead of, you know, inflation. And needless to say, there continues to be a problem that self-funded employers face with rising healthcare costs and premiums. It's just really not sustainable. Employers can't continue to just cost shift and put the burden on their employees and participants. Where do they go from here? In my opinion, um, you know, they can try to pay less for care. They can try to use less care or lower utilization, or they can try to better manage their members. So let's, let's break that down a little bit. In terms of trying to pay less, most employers with self-funded benefit plans still use traditional rental PPO networks that are based on older fee-for-service payment models. Some have adopted reference-based pricing or RBP plan designs, and those have proven to save some money, but they're still based on old fee-for-service discount models. We think that we can help employers move from traditional fee-for-service payment models to value-based care risk-sharing arrangements with health systems in their local markets in the form of bundled payment arrangements for particular episodes of care. Now, in terms of lowering utilization and managing disease, it's no surprise the biggest cost drivers continue to be complex care and chronic conditions. I'll share a couple of stats, if you don't mind, to crystallize the problem that employers face. These stats I read from the National Institute of Health. The number of people in the United States age 50 or over will increase by 61% from 137 million people to around 221 million in the next 30 years. So employers are dealing with a, a rising older population. And of this 50 and over population, the second statistic is the number of people with at least one chronic disease is estimated to double in the next 30 years. And those with comorbid conditions, meaning two or more chronic conditions, are projected to increase by 91% or nearly double in the next 30 years. So the problem that employers face, that's really the problem in a nutshell. The bottom line is without access to good, usable, timely, actionable data to manage these populations and help employers make informed decisions, including things like steerage to best providers at the lowest price point or decisions around chronic condition management programs or point solutions, it's really becoming increasingly challenging. Uh, for employers in this market. That is a great segue to my next question. So we know that self-funded employers often use a wide range of point solutions to curb high and rising healthcare costs. What would you say are common challenges they experience when deciding which point solutions to offer to their plan members? And how can they best navigate this process when their choices and options can be overwhelming, as you previously stated? I did just mention point solution vendors and, you know, this industry, we've seen an explosion of, of these point solution vendors. I, I've been, as I mentioned earlier, in this business for 30 years, and it's only been the last maybe five, six or seven years that this term has been around point solution vendor. I think the industry is kind of at a tipping point or saturation point so much so that the industry has coined a new term that we're all using point solution fatigue. And, and that's not to say that these vendors don't have merit, but for the employer, it's really created you know a problem. There are literally hundreds of point solutions or digital health benefit solutions in the market now. I give them the benefit of the doubt and say that most have good ideas with merit and they're well-intentioned, but for the employer, you know they all cost money. 
So how does an employer decide which ones to engage in and do business with and really which ones to stay away from? You know, how do they know which point solutions are going to move the needle in a meaningful way and provide a true ROI, you know, that is reducing cost and improving health. So for employers, you know, in this day and age, it's like a maze to sift through all these point solutions. And not only that, it can also be burdensome and confusing for the participants or employees. At Catalyst for Payment Reform, we are independent thought leaders and storytellers. Our team is dedicated to unraveling the intricacies of innovative healthcare purchasing. Whether your organization is studying the effect of removing a high-cost provider, the road to direct contracting, or guiding members to high-value healthcare, CPR can help you tell your story. Visit us at Catalyze.org and read the variety of case studies we have published throughout the years, including our latest case study on Cedargate Technologies' analysis of diabetes care management vendors. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I actually read somewhere a few weeks ago, on average, um, a self-funded purchaser typically manages four to nine point solutions at the same time. So I can only imagine how overwhelming that can be and really trying to pinpoint the point solutions that are actually driving impactful results. How should self-funded purchasers evaluate the point solutions they are currently using to know if those solutions are making a difference in terms of quality and cost? And what successful methods or strategies are organizations using to measure the impact of these solutions? Yeah, I, I actually read that same statistic that you mentioned on, you know, the average employer four to nine, I think some are up to a dozen and it gets overwhelming. So your next question is a really good one. At the end of the day, I think it all comes down to employers having actionable data at their fingertips to make better and more informed decisions. They need to know and understand uh, who their high-risk population is. And out of that population, who are their participants that are doing everything they need to be doing versus those that aren't to manage their chronic condition. And then once they know that, target offers and solutions to those subsets or, or cohorts of their populations, and then have the ability to track and measure the outcomes of any program with data and analytics applications from the start of a program over time to determine, you know, the, the ROI or efficacy of a particular point solution or program, you know, did the program lower claims costs? Did it lower utilization? Did it reduce risk and improve quality? Did it close care gaps? I would say without analytics to drive and support these programs, the employer and or their, you know, broker or trusted advisor are, are kind of flying blind. That was really insightful. I keep hearing actionable data come up in every conversation related to healthcare, especially in terms of value-based care. So as the yeah. market continues to try to reduce cost and improve quality, data really will be important for employers to have. So my last question to you is, self-funded purchasers aspire to improve and increase their return on investment and prioritize point solutions that align with their plan goals to improve quality, contain or reduce costs, and improve member satisfaction or experience. Can you discuss how employers are working towards achieving these goals and the key factors they should consider when prioritizing these solutions? Yeah, sure. It seemed a little bit repetitive here, but again, I, I believe the key to prioritizing any point solution program under consideration is really the ability to access high quality data to first determine if an employer has a problem 
that a particular point solution may address in the first place. You know, an employer may not even have a problem they think they have once you determine what's driving an increase in trend and whether that's a unit cost problem, maybe a problem with high utilization or a rise in chronic disease, then and only then can you consider and prioritize possible point solutions that are in the market to address you know, those challenges. I would advise employers to first understand all of that at a baseline level and then look to address their problem areas. If they determine that they have a unit cost problem, not a utilization or chronic disease problem, that may be simply solved by directly contracting with a narrow network at a local level for some higher ticket items, or maybe just redirecting or incentivizing members to go to lower cost providers with better quality and outcomes. If you've identified a problem that a particular point solution can address, it's important that the employer or their broker have the ability to manage the data in such a way that they can monitor the effectiveness of the solution over time based on a clear set of goals and not just trust the reporting from the point solution vendor, Uh, Oftentimes, those vendors usually have a subset of data at their fingertips, and they don't have really a holistic view of all claims data on the population to, you know, report on and demonstrate return on investment. So I guess what I would leave you with at the end of the day, it's important for any employer and their broker consultant considering a point solution to focus on a few key questions or factors. First, you know, I would ask them, why are they considering implementing a point solution And what drove them to that conclusion in the first place? How credible is the data that drove them to think that they need a point solution? And the second thing is, once they've settled on that, what do they hope to accomplish by implementing a point solution? What are their specific short, medium, and long-term goals of the program? And then third, how are they going to target their employees or participants, communicate with them, and engage participants knowing that you know, employees are inundated with information from their health plan. And so how do you keep it really simple for them? The fourth thing that I would ask is uh, once you've settled on one, what's the upfront investment or fixed cost of a particular program versus how much they would expect to save in return? I mean, if it doesn't give a clear ROI, it may not be worthwhile. And then finally, how are they going to integrate data on the back end to be able to measure and track the goals and savings over time of a particular program. Those are really important factors for self-funded employers to consider. So thank you for your time today, Tim, and for allowing our audience to listen in with permission. So for everyone listening, thank you for tuning in today. And we hope that you tune in to our upcoming webinar where you can learn more about Cedargate and the case study that Cedargate and Catalyst for Payment Reform collaborated on that addresses diabetes point solution vendors. Thanks, Dane. I really appreciate it. Had fun. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Thank you for supporting CPR's mission to improve the function of the healthcare marketplace. And don't forget to subscribe to Listening In on your favorite podcast platform and visit us at catalyze.org for more information about the benefits of CPR membership.